and welcome to the Youth Sports Done Right podcast. I'm Dan Harrison, and I'm the Association Services Director for the Minnesota Youth Athletic Services, and I host this podcast. The mission of the Association Services is to provide resources to make your job easier, whether you're a parent, a coach, or a player. In this episode, I'm excited to continue our series of quick-hitting segments where we share high-performance coaching strategies in a how-to format. We focus on a specific topic so they're easy to absorb and implement in your next practice. Grab a pen and paper and take some notes as we join Travis Rogers of MindRight Training and discuss the growth mindset and how his clients are using this tool to move their athletes and coaches towards optimal performance. Hey, Trav, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me out here today. I understand that the topic we're going to talk about today is how to create optimal performance for our young athletes. And again, this is building off of that growth mindset. So tell me a little bit about how does a coach begin to create an environment that fosters that growth mindset and that high-performance environment? Awesome. So... so First thing we, we understand what a growth mindset is and the importance of it, and we talked about that in our last podcast. A couple things that, that coaches really want to do is use verbiage, communication, that promotes a growth mindset. So Carol Dweck, big growth mind, mindset researcher, um, did a study, for example. A hundred students in the study, all given an easy test. After the test, they all did really well on the test. Half the students, 50, 50 of the students were given feedback and they told, they were told, you did really well on the test, you're so smart, right? So an abil- ability, ability-based feedback, so based on their abilities. You're so smart, that's why you did really well on the test. The other 50 students who also did well were given feedback based on their effort. So they said, uh, their feedback was, you work so hard, that's why you did so well on the test. So different types, one sentence of feedback, uh, 50 students in each group. After that, they were offered, both groups were offered, they could take an easier test, another, another easy test, or they could take a harder test. The group that was given feedback on their ability, you're so smart, 67% of them chose to take another easy test. So because they were told they were so smart based on their ability, they wanted to look good again, so they took an easy test. Almost 70% of them took the easier test. The ones that were given feedback based on their effort, you work so hard, 92% of them chose to take the harder test. It's astonishing. So, So our feedback to our young athletes, if we base our feedback on their outcomes and their abilities, you're such a great athlete, that's why you do so well, they want to maintain that picture in our eyes. So, so if, but if we base our feedback on their effort, how hard they work, they want to maintain that level of effort. So, so that was a huge thing. Beyond that, they gave everybody, the whole group, a hard test. What they found out was the, the folks, the, the kids based, that were given feedback based on their ability with this harder test gave up really easy. They got frustrated. They didn't want to take this harder test. They didn't want the challenge. The ones that, gave, that were given the harder test and 
their, their previous feedback was based on their effort, took on the challenge. They actually enjoyed the harder test. They wanted to keep pushing forward with the harder test. So, so right there, again, just one sense of feedback. It's so important for us as coaches to base the feedback we give our teams, we give our athletes, base our feedback on their effort and their process and how hard they work, not on the outcomes. So hearing you say step one as a coach is being conscientious of what you say and how you approach your athletes as much as anything getting this process started. Absolutely, 100%. So, so an easier way to break that down, I think, for coaches um, and, and what to say in this verbiage to use is that we always want to focus on controllable aspects of whatever sport it is. So, for example, um, we, might, we might focus on effort, energy, being a great teammate, our, our athlete's body language, how they prepare, how their focus is, at, especially at younger ages, something we can talk about. Um, another big one that, that I focus on a lot is, is our response. So how do we respond to tough situations? How do we respond to mistakes? So a lot of times we as coaches get frustrated when an athlete may, makes a mistake. They certainly get frustrated. How we respond and how they respond to that is a difference maker. We're saying either you miss that ball. If we get really frustrated with that, your ability is not good enough to play shortstop or they miss the shot and we get really frustrated, we're telling them their ability to make that shot isn't good enough. If we say your energy was fantastic on that, or we don't get frustrated with missed ground ball strikeouts, missing shots, we get frustrated instead when their energy and effort isn't there. Again, things that they can control versus things that they can't control. If we get frustrated in things that they can't control, they start to focus on those things. They start to say coach, parent, teammates, whoever it is, um, that's the things they value. How many hits I get, how many shots I make, as opposed to the controllables. I want my coaches to value my effort, my energy, me being a great teammate, right? Um, so again, they stop riding this roller coaster of success is based on outcome. Now they're Success is based on controllable factors, things they have control with. So as a coach, then, it's really about helping them keep in mind that they aren't a label. They aren't defined by their mistake. It's just part of their process of where they're going. Right. And so, so the response is the big one. So a lot of coaches will be like, okay, great energy, great effort, awesome. But what about when they make mistakes? Like, I, I get mad when, when my players make mistakes. And, and you know, we, we've all been there. We've all gotten frustrated. But it's, it's so empowering when they think, and, and as a coach, when I choose to respond the right way when one of my athletes makes a mistake, it feels amazing, right? And, and we want them to have that same feeling. I make a mistake. It's all right. What comes next? And so many young athletes get so wrapped up in that mistake. And it's based on feedback that they've, they've gotten over years based on their outcomes. So another thing with that, with that Dweck study, to take it a step further, uh, we come to find out about 76% of feedback 
given to people throughout the day is based on outcomes, right? So just wow. the opposite of how we want it. So, so kids are getting feedback based on their outcomes at school, from their friends, based on how they look, um, you know, how many points they score in a game. That's the feedback they're getting, whether they win or lose, what grades they're getting. You know, as parents, our kids come home right. and we base our feedback on that. So if we can, uh, you know, flip that and, and change it to 76% based on process, based on controllables, the effect that it has then on our kids to start to develop this growth mindset is is huge, is amazing. And that focus on the process actually results in better ultimate results, if I'm hearing you correct. Would you be willing to share a story that maybe illustrates this for us? Maybe maybe if you even have one of each where you say, hey, here's one where I dropped the ball and here's how I made the correction um, as a coach. So you'll see it. Um, not so much. I don't have a great story. I'll start with the negative one. Um, <laughs> and, and the other point, the, the verbiage that we use as coaches is, is extremely important, but also our body language. Sometimes that gets away from us. So again, if a ball goes through a kid's legs and I don't say something, that's great. But if I hang my head, shrug my shoulders, um, that's a whole nother story. And, and I heard a, was talking to a dad. He said their coaches were watched by his wife and she gave them scores on their body language after this was last baseball season. I thought that was genius because, as you know, like we can be actually like thinking one thing. But our body says totally something else. Was that something that she judged the coaches on their nonverbal communication? Right. She judged the coaches on their body language. It's, it's awesome. Um, That's a great. So I have a terrible story on that. Um, <laughs> my older son playing a game. Um, I noticed that, that it was one specific at bat. He took a, I don't remember the exact situation, but he took a pitch. Maybe it was right down the middle or he swung and missed. I don't remember. And I looked at him, and, and his body language was, was really bad. And I, and I talked to him after, and I was like, Will, your, your response was terrible there. Like, it was one strike, whatever the situation was. Like, the at-bat wasn't over, and you looked like you were defeated. You need to stop doing that. Like, respond better. And he's like, well, Dad, when I looked down to you at third base... <laughs> and you got your hands on your knees in that situation and your head down and a bad look on your face, it's hard for me to have the right response. And I was another, oh, just kick me you know, in the wrong spot. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I did not realize that I was doing that at all until he mentioned it. So it would have been great to have, have eyes in the sky in that situation. Like, my verbiage was fine. I didn't say a word, but... My body language was was terrible. Um, so that's the negative. The positive piece luckily happens way more often. A kid will miss a ball at shortstop, come in after the inning, and I'll, and I'll put my arm around him and say, you know, go have a great at bat or you'll get it next time or, or something like that. Um, and, and luckily, again, I've gotten better at that. And, and to see kids, the looks, and you've done the same thing, the looks on their faces when you're positive with them and, and it becomes this culture and their teammates are doing the same stuff, it's okay, Dan, we'll get the next one. Like, we got your back, stuff like that. And, and we'll, in another podcast, we'll talk about tools and how you can implement this more. 
but understanding the, the verbiage that you're using and the body language that you're taking to the field uh, has a huge impact on what your young athletes are, are, are learning is, is so important. So I suppose as a coach, if you truly embrace the growth mindset, then you have to give yourself the same treatment and say, well, I made a mistake, so what? Next, right. and go forward. And, and if I'm hearing you say you're actually kind of living it versus just preaching it to your players. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, that was just one instance where my body language, and, I, and I'm sure there's been more, way more of those, but it, it can't be the do as I say, not as I do type of thing because these young athletes, especially, again, you, you know, maybe when they're 17 and 18, when you're coaching them, coaching them, they, they've kind of already developed characteristics in a culture um, a foundation of who they are and what they're going to be like. But at 10, 11, 12 years old, they're counting on us as coaches to show them the way. So our verbiage has to be on point and our body language has to be on point for sure. Yeah, well, I've read that 55% of your communication is body language. And at third base, I think we've all had that look on our face that says, something other than what we would uh, <laughs> probably like to have if we had it over. So Right, for sure. And it won't be the last time I make a mistake on that, but um, hopefully I'm doing it less than I used to. That's the growth mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. Travis, that's great information, and I think it really helps start to bring into focus the growth mindset and how it can help people's performance. I know there's some specific tools that you want to talk about, but we're going to stop you today and not let you do that. We're going to roll that up in the next podcast we do with you. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dan. And I'd like to thank you for listening. If you like what you're here or you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed, please reach out to me at associationservices at myas.org. I'd like to thank our guest, Travis Rogers of MindRate Training, for collaborating with us on this series. You can reach Trav at www.mindrighttraining.com. We hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting something out of it. I would ask you to hit the like button and share it with a friend and help us achieve our goal of improving the delivery of youth sports for parents, coaches, and players. Again, we're super pumped about our next episode coming up shortly, so please check it out. And I look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Be well, take care. This is Dan signing out.